Welcome to Cancri, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And my name is Sebastian. And uh, it's been a busy week. A very busy week. Oh, has it? Well, you know, for some people, I'm sure. I'm sure it's been a, I'm sure for some people it's been a busy week. Are you just um, making that assumption? It's been a pretty yeah, easy going yeah. week it's for me. It's a pretty, pretty uh-huh. reasonable assumption to assume folks out there have been busy. You know uh-huh. what I mean? If you ask me, have you been busy? But like, yeah, no, I did things. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I did things. I've done, yeah. I did things. And uh, I went places and I did things. It was a good time. Yeah. Uh, there was cake. All right. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, big gay news of the year week. Um, yeah, let's start off with we're gonna start Canadian. Okie dokie. Buckle up because this story includes whereas and therefores. Ooh, a policy story. Yeah, it has documentation charter rights are brought into the debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all going on. I am, of course, referring to a decision. Um, there was a resignation last week. Uh, Red Deer Catholic School Board trustee Monique mm-hmm. Lagrange uh, okay. has, I think the phrase begrudgingly resigned might be an accurate description. Um, okay. Her lawyer would like to clarify, or did to the CBC and others, that she has resigned not because she would like to, but because the Education Act of Alberta has effectively now vacated her seat and therefore not resigning would be, and the lawyers didn't say this, but I may be paraphrasing here, weird. So they like resigned from lack of option to not resign, I think is how it's played out. She got fired, but not in a way where she would get a benefits package. Well, she was a school board trustee, so either way, you know, like that's not a paid right. position. You know? Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, okay. it it does it does make me think of um, you know, like who dumped who, or you can't fire me, I I quit, but not really, but I quit because you made me quit, but I'm not quitting because I want to quit. That's the vibe I'm getting. To me, it feels like office space where they take the guy and move him to the basement instead of firing him uh, on the understanding that he'll eventually get tired of being in the basement and just quit because if they fire him, they have to give him a severance package. I don't know if you ever saw yeah. that movie. It's it's a little bit dated now, but it's so weird. The movie's like 25 years old and it still perfectly describes offices. They haven't changed. It's it's a nightmare. But anyway, yes, let, let, let's what what happened that led what got us here? What is the part that is before the record scratch where we go, you might be wondering how I got here. Yeah, yeah. Three months earlier. Three okay. Months so <laughs> I know it's a, it's a, like I said, buckle in. It is okay. a saga. So Monique Lagrange posted mm-hmm. a meme, a meme uh, onto, I believe it was Instagram. Okay. Now in the top, it's it says brainwashing is brainwashing. And the top is a black and white image of uh, children, presumably in the Nazi regime of World War II, the Mm -hmm. regime that killed and murdered hundreds of thousands of people, including tens of thousands of gay and trans people, many of whom may have been children, or certainly were children. They they weren't indiscriminate about age. Mm -hmm. Uh, Underneath this image of children raising Nazi flags is a photo of 
mixed ethnicity, various children waving progress flags, with the implication being that, you know, brainwashing is brainwashing, and there's these two images, oh, mm -hmm. conclusions. Um, that's the image that led to this. Okay. And wait till we get into the whereases and the therefores, because I think that's really the nothing like the the crux of the issue here mm -hmm. so i don't know i mean for me i'm like it's it's incredibly bad taste incredibly bad taste uh, but she was i believe she was definitely a school board trustee i think at the time i need to confirm this if i can find it somewhere she may have been the chair of the board of trustees okay so uh post comparing nazi children in the second world war terrible mm -hmm. regime to children now uh, waving flags. Um, I mean, in my acceptable. mind, it is, it, it is, it, it's all about, well, not all, it's mostly about the position. I, I view it as a little bit of a spicy meme. It's a, it's a little bit piquant. Uh, but if you are in a position such as school board trustee, uh, I mean, if, if anything else, it's just crass. I mean, you know, if, yeah. if you inappropriate. have. It's inappropriate. If you have grievances about your school board, you don't air it on public media like that. Sort of like, you know, they say that the last true movie star is Tom Cruise, because as of that incident where he jumped up and down on the couch, somebody pulled him aside and said, you know, people only like you because they don't know what you're actually like. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the less we know about a celebrity, the more likely we are to, to like them. So celebrities who are on social media I think phrased another way is the more we know about a celebrity the more we are to dislike them yeah the more opportunities we have to dislike them so there, there is that sort of like it's okay to be mysterious especially when it comes to opinions about your job i work in the satellite industry my opinions about elon musk are between me and my boss um at least when it comes to starlink so that that's that you know that you you keep you keep the, it's okay you don't have to put every opinion you have out there for strangers it's okay it's okay to be a little mysterious that's that's really what i'm getting at and then if it has to do with your job that mysteriousness is not just mystique and star power it's just professionalism so mm -hmm. that that's that's you know it's just it, poor taste. It, it, the fact that the meme's a little bit spicy, that's completely separate conversation. You could sit somebody down and say, in what way would you justify this? But, you know, if you're in a, a professional position, yeah. Well, no. it, uh, it's Red Deal Ampura, and uh, they were, she was um, oh, sanctioned or sectioned, not sectioned, not sectioned, I believe sanctioned by the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, she called the lawyers and she said, I want the reasons and I want them written down. And boy, Fair enough. this is where we get the whereas and two fours and uh, 12 years and a score ago. That's when mm -hmm. we're, we're in that territory now because the okay. lawyers have uh, the lawyers have got involved. Mm -hmm. Understandably, the school board's not going to respond and not get their own lawyers. So. This one, this one meme, <laughs> no, the, I mean, not yet. This isn't Donald Trump. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the lawyers don't quite have lawyers yet. Okay. Um, okay. But no, it, 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 
builds on. So they asked for the reasons. So this meme got posted in August, in September, at a special meeting of the trustees. Uh, the board passed a motion uh, regarding her um, post, and they set out the reasons, and essentially um, that special meeting was to uh, sanction her. Mm-hmm. They asked for the exact reasons why, and they detailed them. So we're going to start off with, and it, it makes sense, it kind of starts off big legislation, works its way down into the minutiae. We're not going to go over uh, the whole thing, because frankly, it's boring. But yeah. we are going to start off with the school board, uh, the Alberta Education Act. So for those who may be not familiar, in Canada, education is a provincial authority. So in Alberta, all things education draw their authority out of the Alberta Education Act. It is the ultimate Mm -hmm. soothsayer of what should and shouldn't be done. Uh, And in that, it says, uh, first of all, it says, where our students are entitled to a welcome, caring, respectful, and safe learning environments that respect diversity and nurture a sense of belonging and positive sense of self. And they say that it is reflected in their board policy Mm-hmm. which says schools will foster the mental and physical well-being of all students through selection of appropriate programs which emphasize physical leisure activities mm-hmm. and respect for worth and dignity of the individual. And it goes on to say the schools will foster and maintain a safe, secure, caring, respectful, and inclusive learning environment for all students, yada, 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 in the Catholic faith. I added yada, yada, yada. That's not actually in the document. To me, this feels a little bit off topic because if you're criticizing propaganda, you don't criticize the people who bought it. You criticize the people who made it. So if you were to say anything, like this is not about the students. This is her criticizing the school board and her fellow teachers. That's where that- She was criticizing the decision to section her by the school board over this. So what they've said is like, look, Big, big, big picture, mm. safe, inclusive, respectful. Yes, and then but... you go all the way into the minutiae of the code of conduct for board trustees. Okay. And that's what they nailed her on. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, most so, students don't even know the board of trustees exists. So her, oh, yeah, no, 100%. her opinion is not going to impact their daily life. Her opinion well, will number... impact the daily life of their instructors. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like to say this makes a, a harsh environment for the teachers, I would be on board with that. But for the students, eh, it's a bit of a stretch. I think that's a weak well, start. The Alberta Teaching Association, understandably, had mm-hmm. very strong opinions on this, and oh, they yeah, did yeah, file yeah. a complaint. And uh, I, I believe mean, right that, at the uh, top, I did agree that it's crass and unprofessional. So, I yeah, mean, I'm yeah, just absolutely. I'm detailing in what way. You know, I, I disagree with the way in which they say it's crass and unprofessional, but we, we agree that it's crass and unprofessional. So, the Education the Act has one line, and it says... A trustee of the board as a partner in education has a responsibility, yada, 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 to comply with the board's code of conduct. So okay. it's in the act. It's okay. in the act. And the code of conduct says? So the board's mission, which defines the code of conduct, so we're going big, right. big picture. Now we're like medium-sized picture. 
-hmm. Now we're looking at the school board. Okay. And in the medium-sized picture, it says, you know, the Red Deer Catholic School Division is committed to supporting inclusive communities that foster diversity and compassion, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then um, they have the belief number 10. They have a whole list of beliefs. Mm -hmm. And that includes the schools will foster and maintain a safe, secure, caring, respectful, and inclusive learning environment for all students, families, and staff that is free from physical, emotional, social abuses mm. and models our Catholic faith and values. Schools will be comprehensive and holistic in their approach to inclusion and other potential student issues, including bullying, justice, respectful relationships, language, and human sexuality. Mm -hmm. It's right it's there. Me the the line and staff because as i said when you when you criticize as a partner in education yeah well when you criticize propaganda you criticize the propagandist you don't criticize the people who are being propagandized like you don't criticize romanians you know you mm -hmm. you you criticize the the oh what were they called the Drushenko? what were they called i don't know the the, the romanian government in the 70s um is the government not not the 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 the, the people um but yeah it's so, I mean, yeah, and staff, yeah, I'm on board. Yep, you got me. So, I'm so then <laughs> this is, I mean, I love this document. It mm -hmm. references administrative procedure 103. I mean, <laughs> okay, like, I can just imagine some little old lady called Gladys in the back of a filing cabinet flicking through. Administrative Procedure 98, Administrative Procedure 99, mm -hmm. you know, where is it, where is it, you know, trying to ruffle and find the right one. Anyway, in that particular administrative, who's ever read this? Who has ever read this in their life? But that one says the trustees are the children's advocates, and their first and greatest concern is the best interests of each and every one of those children without distinction as to who they are or who their background may be. But then that trustee believed she was doing that. She was doing that at the expense of the other staff because she was saying the children are being propagandized. So if they're being propagandized too, in her mind, she's protecting the students by criticizing the propagandizer. But then that is unprofessional treatment of other staff. You see, this is, if, if our listening audience right now gets nothing else out of this episode, it's how to debate policy and how mm -hmm. to look... <laughs> So um, she said that she can't be responsible for how people reacted to social media posts. Fair enough. Uh, I agree with that, but I also don't agree with that. Um, it, it's sort of like if I slap you across the face and then you get angry, that would be me saying, like, you didn't have to get angry about it. You know, you're in control of your own emotions. It's like, yes, but you did slap me across the face. She said that, uh, according to this, this document, that while the complainant had a particular reaction to the meme, that does not mean that someone's personal subjective definition as the decorum can be imposed on the trustee. Essentially, because I'm offended doesn't mean that she's responsible. That's part of her argument. She says that's cancel culture. I can get behind that to a small degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You being offended sometimes is your own business. Sometimes it depends on the context. She's in a professional position advocating on behalf of the public. If she offended the public, that is her business. So 
did the meme contravene Catholic values was one of the the goals. The the reasons they had to explore was did it contravene Catholic values because it's a Catholic school board makes sense. Did it contravene the code of conduct? Is the mean protected by the charter rights? Mm-hmm. And is the decisionable decision reasonable? Was it procedurally unfair? I'm not going to go over all of it, but essentially um, they decided that their decision to remove her because it was based more on the code of conduct, whether or not it was contravention to Catholic Roman values, Roman Catholic values, sorry, yeah. was not relevant. <laughs> so they they decided to just not make a finding. Okay. You know, when, when, you know the, I think as a school board, they should teach that when a question is quite difficult to answer, just don't answer it. Oh, my <laughs> just, God. Just opt out. <laughs> let's, I mean, let's if not... you... If you look at Canadian politicians over the past maybe 40 years, that that is the Canadian strategy. Somebody asks you a question that you don't like, just answer a question that they didn't ask that you wish they had asked instead. Yeah, yeah. ask the question that you like. Answer the question that you like. (laughs) So also the question is about, and this is really, because we were I was reading it earlier and it was a lot of oohs, ahs, and oh my goshes Mm. um, as I was going over it. And one of the Mm. questions is around the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And (laughs) they've decided that, and I quote here, accordingly, the board declines to consider the constitutionality of Section 87.1c of the Education Act. The reason being that the constitutionality of the Education Act would actually be covered by a different piece of legislation that has its own process that's elsewhere, which is not the board of uh, the Red Deer Catholic School Board's internal policy. So they're like, this question is bigger than us and should be dealt with under a different Alberta legislative process. Mm -hmm. Figure that out over there. And I'm like, you know what? I get it. I get get that. Yeah. Normally, I don't know. I think it's crass when people like not my job and then, you know, a garbage bin just stays overfilled for weeks on end. You know, it's somebody's job. Make it your job. But there's times when it comes like this and you're just like, yeah, no, pass the buck on to somebody on a higher pay grade than yourself you got you got things to do you got a living room to paint you got a, a cat to wash you got to shave the llama you got a busy day let somebody yeah. else do this yeah so they say all board members including this one uh has a duty to comply with the code of conduct and assist in fulfilling duties Mm -hmm. Uh, They say that this trustee was not sanctioned for holding certain religious beliefs, and rather the trustee was sanctioned for having posted the meme in violation of Code of Conduct Section 6.2, 6.4, 6.18, and the board policy 3, clauses 1, 6, 10, 22, and board policy 4, and not her religious beliefs. (laughs) So okay. They say when it comes to striking the balance between charter rights and so on and so forth, um, when a board member wishes to advance education related issues, they must do in accordance with the code of conduct. That didn't happen yes. in this case. So, yes. yeah, it really boils down to yeah. they found that this trustee breached clauses 1, 6.2, 6.4, 6.18 of board policy uh-huh. 3, clauses 1, 6, 10, and 22 of uh-huh. board policy 4, uh-huh. and therefore sanctioned. Now, Got it. I just, I mean, it was, 
we do we love a good document you know uh-huh. <laughs> we do and this one with the wherefores and their the their as is and the the just uh, opt out on difficult questions was an entertaining read it really mm-hmm. was an entertaining read but yeah so uh, that's the long and short of it mm-hmm. uh, that they have kicked out the board trustee um let me get her name because i've already forgotten it um the Monique Lagrange has been kicked out uh, from the Catholic School Board of Red Deer's Board of Trustees. Uh, she then, after being kicked out, begrudgingly resigned. I believe she's appealing the decision, um, hopefully to somewhere that might just not opt out of charter right discussions. But I mm-hmm. think it's an interesting discussion here. You know, uh-huh. really, the question is, they nailed her on policy. Yeah, she yeah. should have known better. That's on her. Yeah. But that question of, you know, the freedom of speech and religious expression Mm -hmm. to compare children under the atrocious Nazi regime to children today holding pride flags. You know, is that is that reasonable? You know, who knows? But well, I mean, you have the legal right to say almost anything you want, so long as you don't incite violence and uh, the usual stuff. Uh, But. If you badmouth your boss on social media, they do have the right to fire you because that's just crass. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's. And if you badmouth your board of trustees, they have the right to make you begrudgingly resign. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've said, I'm like, eh, eh, not convinced by that, not convinced by that. But the, just the idea that she breached protocol and basically badmouthed her, th- her, her board in public, I'm like, yes, sanction. Maybe even well, let her go. I'm just fine to be clear, because yeah. she's already brought lawyers in once. Uh huh. <laughs> I didn't find any evidence of her bad mouthing her board in public, but she did vehemently yes. object to and and counter mm-hmm. this decision by the board of trustees of the Red Deer Catholic School Board. Right. So, I'm not saying that she bad mouthed her board, but she did and has opposed their decision on various grounds, including charter rights, which mm-hmm. was resoundingly just sidestepped by the Red Deer Catholic School Board um, in a marvelous legal way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was an, I, I was bemused and I thought it was a hilarious uh, uh, little aside in Canadian LGBTQ rights. Um, but we've run out of time on this particular subject. Yes. So we're playing now. This is Gemini by Mega Ravine from the album Sleepwalker. And we will be back just after this. Do you like what you see? Do you love my insecurity? have 
Welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. Now, this next story isn't overly gay, but at the same time, tech and high tech and innovation, pretty gay. Okay, yes. (laughs) A lot of high tech firms think Facebook, uh, Google, uh, Peter Thiel, who founded PayPal, is famously a gay billionaire. Um, but Sam Altman, who mm-hmm. up until a couple of days ago was the CEO and co-founder of OpenAI, mm-hmm. is also gay. So uh, really, this just means that whenever anything happens with a tech billionaire, which nine times out of ten they're usually gay, it sort of gravitates onto queer media. But I don't know. I've been it's been an interesting debacle that's been happening in OpenAI. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to go into it necessarily. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next. He was accused yes. of not communicating particularly effectively to their board. Normal CEO does normal CEO things. Yeah, yeah. It caused a bit <laughs> of a panic. Uh, at time of recording, uh-huh. the other co-founder, uh, one of the other two co-founders, has also resigned, sort of in a, in a if he goes, I go movement. And many senior scientists and engineers at OpenAI have also indicated that they're resigning and moving. Uh, I believe that the stock price has uh, reflected that decision. Mm-hmm. And now um, the capital investment firms that have a lot of money in 
OpenAI have decided to call, call up Microsoft. Uh, and there is a potential that the people who try to fire Sam Altman may now be fired and Sam Altman may come back. Got so, it. yeah, the board of OpenAI uh, is in a bit of a it's it's a it's a tricky position. But as the forerunner of artificial intelligence in the world, mm -hmm. um, really, that particular lab is miles ahead of everybody else. People who aren't familiar, they do chat GPT, they do Dolly. You know, when everyone started going, oh, my God, AI, it was chat GPT three that people were reacting to. So, mm -hmm. yeah. This guy has become the face and name behind artificial intelligence. Um, you know, whenever there's congressional hearings, international conferences, blah, blah, blah. You know, if the EU wants to talk about AI, they call Sam Altman. Mm -hmm. Like, he has become the face of it. But yeah, there's a lot of major big tech that has gay folks involved. Now, the other gay person, sorry, not the other gay, but the other person I wanted to talk about, who's not gay, I'm going to clarify that, mm -hmm. is the baby. Yes. Now we've you've corrected me multiple times. He's not the big baby, which yes. is what I was calling him. Yes. Because there's another rapper called the big baby. And he's not the little baby. That that's there's a third rapper called the little baby. So he's called the baby. The regular I, baby. I have colloquially referred to him as the regular baby. Yes. Um yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about his sort of his comments that were very controversial around people um, getting HIV and it was like it, he was trashed. And I think he lost he claims to have lost over 200 million from opportunities that were canceled and removed. He got dropped from loads of things like the Rolling Out Loud Festival and so on and mm -hmm. so forth. Like the consequences hit him hard. Oh, yes. And yes. I think it's worth talking about consequences because yes. he has now come forward in a recent interview and said that this fallout has mm -hmm. been a bit of a blessing in disguise. Oh, because it means that he's he's been he was affected. He, he says he was effectively told to sit down and think like sit down, take a minute, mm -hmm. think about your actions. Um, mm -hmm. And he did. And okay. I, you know, he did. Almost immediately afterwards, apologize. So there was there was some real genuine action in the in the uh, in the aftermath of it. But then, mm -hmm. even many months later, the, further down the line, um, he's like, "Yeah, no, this was net, maybe not a good thing." I feel like losing two hundred million opportunities can't be counted as a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that he's learned from it, I think we we want to take a minute to acknowledge that and be like, just, that's that's good. That's that's what the consequences are for, to learn. It's actually a, 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 an emerging term on the internet for this phenomenon known as troller's regret. And there are many instances of people who made their fame by basically by trolling people, by saying controversial things just for the sake of being controversial, who years later have basically come out to denounce their entire early catalog. Now, in this case, I think one of the things to mention is that even though the public face of American hip hop comes across a certain way behind the scenes, it's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these people, they've got brothers, they've got sisters, they've got mothers, they've got wives. They they rap a certain way about women, but they also feel that you should treat them a certain way in reality. It's just rap. Yeah. 
Um, Eminem has said all sorts of things in his songs, but if you sit him down and, and talk to him, he's like, it's just a joke. Calm down, buddy. And people are, are, you know, people outside of the hip hop world are not really willing to accept that, but people within it are willing to say, well, he did say that's not actually what he thinks. He's just putting it into a song. So the difference is if, if you get confronted and you say, yeah, I meant that then you don't know what executive, what other famous rapper, what member of somebody's crew has a brother living with HIV or something, and it can come back to you on the back end. So you, you could talk about record sales and you could talk about opportunities, but you could also talk about how the, the, the world of music and not just hip hop, but just music in general, they form these little circles and you 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 know if you if you get the wrong person mad then people don't want to work with you anymore people don't want to record with you anymore if you're on an independent label they won't let you use their studio anymore like this kind of thing can have downstream consequences even in a scene that has a certain reputation for isms if you know what i mean uh yeah, even yeah. hip-hop on the back end they're like look if you're just joking that's one thing but like if you don't do this, my mom is going to be so mad because my cousin, you know, like that kind of thing really does happen behind the scenes in the industry. So this the fact that it took this long doesn't uh, I don't know, in a way, it kind of feels like it's it's on schedule, but it doesn't surprise me that this turned around. So has he come out with like a formal apology or is he just basically saying I'm not going to do it anymore? Well, I mean, he apologized in the aftermath. And, okay. you know, I think someone's just interviewed him many, many months later. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is sort of the first time that he's really commented on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that's the that's the gist of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's good. I think it's good that we follow up on like we have reported on the baby or the regular baby, not the regular not baby. The big or little one, no. um, you know, on on before. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that he has taken this set moment for self-actualization to not yeah, self-actualization yeah. that sounds a bit like a horoscope you know he, he's taken this moment to uh to consider the consequences of his actions and and those decisions so mm -hmm. good on him hopefully folks will continue and you know maybe now his career can start to rebound and rebuild you know we don't want mm -hmm. people to never work again that's not the goal here no 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 um, Absolutely. And I don't even think he has to turn around and apologize by like doing giant fundraisers or something. I don't care if somebody's a force for good, so long as they're at least a force for neutral. You know, if, if you're just outside of anything, like if you're not going to do good, sit down. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. You know, <laughs> anything beyond that, like if you're doing bad things and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to sit this one out. That's fine by me, because that means there's more people working on it in a positive manner than in a negative manner. And it just it comes out in the wash. And that's good enough for me. So Absolutely. good on good so, on. Uh, good story. Yeah. Yeah. Good on to baby. The regular. Baby. OK, so I wanted to also touch on another story that we're just going to recap on. And that is the welsh government's lgbtq action plan now that okay. was another occasion where we got very excited over a document the um, policy yeah it, it happens it's it's where it's at and mm -hmm. the reason why i wanted to bring this up because on the one hand wales mm -hmm. which is a devolved government of the united kingdom uh think like a provincial government but with a few less powers than what provinces have so mm -hmm. little less authority but it has some 
their action plan has now been recognized by the largest international organization for trans and non-binary people in business. Mm -hmm. So it just got a big award for its pro-business, pro-LGBT approach. Um, it's their flagship award. They brought in the Minister of Wales and it was a whole, whole thing. So okay. this well-made document, we had, we had only nice things to say about this document, uh, has been internationally um, recognized for their great work. On the flip side, mm -hmm. in the UK, the national government, essentially the federal government in the UK, the national government, um, has been all over the shop. Mm -hmm. their recent, there was a recent bill around deporting asylum seekers to Rwanda, where mm -hmm. their asylum claims will then be decided in Rwanda, not in the UK, but rather out of sight, out of mind, fly them all to Rwanda and leave them there. Mm -hmm. um, that one has been struck down by the British Supreme Court, yeah. uh, and it includes things in the decisions such as magical thinking by the government. Okay. <laughs> Was a quote now, from the. Uh, I had a clarifying question before we started recording, and I think it's important that our our listening audience understands that when you say refugees are going to be uh, redirected to Rwanda to be decided uh, as to their fate, my first question is: Are we talking about Rwandan refugees? And you said no, all of them. And that that right there is the part where my brain just turned into a fried egg, and I was absolutely confused about that decision i mean if you're gonna read the, the, the hebrides maybe or something isle of man set up a little i mean then you got a ghost situation we don't want to repeat canadian history in a bad way so i don't know the, the whole thing is just weird it's weird yeah, yeah. so it's asylum seekers specifically yeah. okay so generally speaking people fleeing violence death persecution people who may well die yeah. in the country they're in just that's imagine, the gist of the argument imagine arriving from chechnya and being told no you have to take a shortcut through rwanda to get here yeah that's you've so fled weird. russia yeah. from the from being persecuted for being gay mm -hmm. you arrive on the shores of of britain and you're immediately bumbled into a into a uh, back of a plane shipped off to rwanda to face their justice system, not British justice system, yeah. Rwandan justice system. And uh, it, it it goes from there. Now, one of the decisions kind of details around whether or not Rwanda is safe. Look, 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 the issue is fundamentally, foundationally, safety. Okay. And this is where the magical thinking by the British government uh, is coming up against uh, a bit of a reality check. Mm -hmm. So the the Prime Minister of Britain, Rishi Sunak, has announced, like, look, Supreme Court of Britain says, look, you can't just say Rwanda is safe. And then, you know, by by just saying a thing, it becomes that thing. <laughs> like that just and therefore, just by changing Britain's law doesn't change the reality on the ground in Rwanda. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's the crux of the issue here. And they're like, the British government is like, no, 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 no. Look, look, look. Rwanda said it's gonna be fine. Rwanda said that they're safe, it's good. And the issue here is a bizarre mm. 
barely spoken about legal concept mm-hmm. called refoulement. Okay. Are you familiar with refoulement? Not at all. It is niche AF. It is so niche. Mm-hmm. It is so niche. Mm-hmm. It is the idea of taking somebody fleeing as an asylum or as an immigrant or what have you, and then sending them back to the country that they are fleeing from mm-hmm. where the consequences would be dire. That right. is the concept of refoulement. Okay. Now, Rishi Sunak and the British government said, look, look, but we made this law and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And the British Supreme Court said, look, if it wasn't for the European Treaty on Human Rights, right. which is problem number one, if it wasn't for the interventional International Convention on Refugees, which is problem number two, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just listed all of them. Essentially, they said, look, changing one law which you decide now Rwanda is safe, doesn't change your obligations under all of these other treaties and laws. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of refoulement is enshrined in British law, in international law. It predates Rishi Sunak and his conservative shambles. But it, and, and that's the idea here. It's like, look, you can't just wave a magic wand and now suddenly it's fine because that doesn't yeah. work. And they actually point to an agreement that Rwanda has with Israel. Okay. And they said, look, Rwanda promised Israel all of these things. And the evidence, not so good. And essentially, the Supreme Court of Britain doesn't believe the state of Rwanda. Mm-hmm. That's the legal decision. The I don't believe you decision is really what it boiled down to. Well, also, so, what whatever happens between Rwanda and Israel is Rwanda and Israel's business. The, if but the evidence law, of yeah. whether or not Rwanda is true to their word as a state in terms mm-hmm. of enforcing its decisions on refoulement, mm-hmm. um, that's the issue here. Got and that's it. the point the Supreme Court is saying. It's like, you can make any law you want. You can say, by law, the sky is turquoise yeah which actually you know sometimes it is but by law the sky is you know i don't know um pick a color the sky isn't usually plaid plaid you know just because you say the sky is plaid doesn't mean the sky is now plaid like that it's it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and the reason why lgbt folks have been up in arms over this for a while is because it's frankly unsafe now, yeah. Suella Braverman, who was the Home Secretary, who was a massive advocate for this particular mission to send all the asylum seekers to Rwanda, she's now actually been turfed by the British Conservative government. She was ousted last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who's in now, but it led to David Cameron coming back. But mm-hmm. she just got turfed out of it. And LGBTQ charity have said, look, it's illogical. It's not true. Yeah. Fine. In Rwanda, there is no specific law outlawing homosexuality. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. But have a look at how many of the gays have been arrested for indecent exposure. Yeah. Or, you know, moral corruption or the roundabout laws that are always used. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, the home secretary, the the home office in the UK, which is the department responsible for this, themselves have said, not that great. There are concerns. We mm-hmm. should look at it. So the idea that Rwanda is safe is frankly not true. When there are asylum seekers who are gay from Rwanda mm-hmm. seeking asylum in the UK from Rwanda, yes. sending them back to Rwanda is maybe not 
<laughs> maybe not the best decision that they could have come up with. Okay, okay. And and then sending the ones from Uganda to Rwanda is just weird. Yeah, yeah. Or Senegal or, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really yeah. matter. They're just sending everyone to Rwanda. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. And the, the concept of uh, refoulement is at play here. And the the broader issue now is the British government is determined that this is the thing that fixes it. They okay. don't want asylum seekers in Britain uh, to be processed. They want to ship them all to East Africa, leave them there, let the process happen there. And then, you know, if they make the cut, we let them in. But the issue now is because the Supreme Court has said, no, mm. it's fanciful thinking, it's magic thinking, it's it's not, not in conjunction with the law. The mm -hmm. British government has a right due to parliamentary supremacy. But you get again, just words and language that are hard to understand. But in Britain, essentially, the parliament is the top decision maker. Yes. All decisions, you know, and if a court strikes it down, parliament has it has the opportunity to do a better job of it. Mm -hmm. But the the Supreme Court struck it down as a point of fact. Yeah. That the this law by parliament was essentially trying to say the sky is plaid and mm -hmm. it isn't. Mm -hmm. So now Rishi Sunak and his government is going to make a new law that essentially said the sky is a blue plaid, you know, and it's really going to be putting, uh, it's going to have a, we have another constitutional crisis in Britain because oh, now yeah. the supremacy of parliamentary law versus authority of the courts is being put into question. Because if the courts say you can't make the sky plaid just because you said so, and the government is insisting, no, 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 the sky is plaid, Rwanda is safe, regardless mm -hmm. of what's happening in Rwanda, then what role does the courts play? Why are they even there? You know what I mean? So right. it's bizarre that this decision, which is massive impact on queer folks and, and asylum seekers as a whole, mm -hmm. is sort of really creating this wedge in British constitution. I don't know. Interesting dramatic it's got all of the things of a good uh political soup mm -hmm. it, it was a lot it was a lot yeah. <laughs> it was a lot we're gonna jump in with our next track this is tiny horse uh, sorry this is at one percent by the band tiny horse and we will be back just after Angel this eyes telling white lies
And welcome back to Canterbury, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Tavashan. And we just have a short recap on some other news uh, today. Now, yes. I think earlier we were looking at news out of Oslo. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you see the update from that? That, okay. So about a year ago, there was a, ooh, an attack in Oslo. Uh, I am... I am just realizing now that I am I am foggy on the details. This was not the one that happened I, on the beach. I, I have it handy here. Okay. So it was in 2022. It was during the Pride. It was just before the Pride Festival in Oslo. Right. It was in the London bar. Okay. Uh, two people were two people were killed, and um, there were uh, I think a hundred plus people who were injured. Um, it is the most extremist. He'd 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 uh, not not convicted him. Um, uh, um, oathed himself, I'm blanking on the word for it, to ISIS moments before the attack. Right, okay. So the new story now is that uh, the Norwegian citizen, this, this, this happened in Denmark, but the guy's mm-hmm. from Norway, um, he has been charged with aggravated terrorism. So uh, it was Zanier Matapor, who is 44. Um, he has been now been charged with, as I said earlier, aggravated terrorism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he shot up the nightclub district in Oslo in Denmark mm-hmm. um, on a anti-LGBTQ crusade uh, and is now facing justice in Denmark. Okay. Sorry, Norway. Norway. Oh, I was going to say, they're going to expedite him? That's okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't want to say it's a happy ending, but it's it's an it's an ending to a story that has uh, at least the start of some justice to it. Uh, historically, whenever events happen like this, 
whenever events like this happened, people would just get away with it because people wouldn't even investigate it. So, you know, the 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 turning point in history has definitely happened. And it's it's knowing that something will happen as a result of events like this is is something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the guy, uh, according to court documents, he fired uh, 10 rounds with a machine gun and eight rounds of a handgun into a crowd of 560 people. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely horrific. Uh, It caused massive panic. It caused huge concern. Really, I think the highlight here is obviously justice. And he's now going to face... Um, you know, the, the judicial system for what he's done, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, what really stood out to us is the police were like, look, we can't guarantee your safety. And then they just marched anyway. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know what? Pride, safety of pride wasn't always guaranteed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they marched anyway. And I believe the prime minister or the president of Norway, one of the senior public uh, political officials mm-hmm. also marched with them. And the country really came together after this horrific attack. Yeah. Um, and uh, sort of coalesced behind that, 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 you know, you shan't, you know, disrupt this uh, approach. But yeah, fantastic news. Um to see that kind of move forward. Uh, in other news, the ban on drag artists in Florida has been struck down, upheld, struck down all over the place. And it's now mm. reached the US Supreme Court and they've essentially decided not to pick up the most recent decision which had struck down the ban on drag in Florida. Uh, I believe there was also a ban on drag in Tennessee that has also been struck down. Okay. So essentially... Bans on drag performances, at least worded in a way similar to Ron DeSantis's Florida law, um, is not constitutional as the Supreme Court of the U.S. did not pick it up and it had been ruled unconstitutional by lower courts. Now, the state of Russia might be making the decision that you and I, Sebastian, are extremists. Okie dokie. So uh, they have decided to put forward an argument to their Supreme Court, and the decision, I believe, will be made by the end of this month to make the international LGBTQ movement an extremist. So as international LGBTQs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and advocates for the LGBTQs internationally, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I think that would make us extremists. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yep. 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 I mean, yeah, uh, in in the Russian context, I suppose I am. I, I, yeah. uh, I I'm an I, aggravated homosexual in Uganda. Right. I'm an extremist in Russia. That's where we're at. Right. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on all the latest news, as ridiculous as it may seem, mm-hmm. uh, across the world on LGBTQ issues. Um, so you don't have to. Right. I believe we have run out of time. We most certainly have. I have been Luke Smith. We're playing and, out with one that I've been looking for by Nick Earl and the Reckless Hearts. Right. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. Let's pretend.
now. 